Welcome to Focus on Claims with Ernie Bray, CEO of ACD. Hey everyone, Ernie Bray here with ACD and welcome to another episode of Focus on Claims. And I always talk about the claims ecosystem and partners in the industry and how we work in that space. And today I wanted to bring on a guest uh, from a company that we've worked with for years and they are honed in on property. And I wanted them to tell their story. Today, I have Jimmy Hicks of AAN on, and he's going to tell us all about the company, what they're doing, where they're going, and what he sees going on in the industry. Jimmy, great to have you on. Thank you, Arnie. Pleasure well, to be hey, here. Hey, well, I appreciate you coming on. I Give our listeners a story about how you get in the industry. I always like to find out how people got in the claims industry, because myself, I went to college and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I ended up becoming an adjuster. And then we all talked to each other. And the next thing you know, we all have our own stories of how we ended up in insurance claims. So tell us about you. I think I could count on one hand the number of people that I have actually spoken to that said, I want to be an adjuster when I grow up. You just don't find them, right? <laughs> That's right. So, you know, my story is I went to Belmont University in Nashville to go into the music business. Really? I like turning knobs and doing stuff like that. So I did that. I got my education. And then when I got out of college, I worked a few neat jobs doing that kind of thing, but I just wasn't making the money I wanted to make. So I started jumping around and I got a job with serve pro uh -huh. selling carpet cleaning. One thing led to another. I got into the restoration business and I was, um, owner of a construction company finally. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I met Ken Gilreath, the owner of our company, and started adjusting claims with him many years ago. So uh -huh. that was kind of my introduction to the business, but I absolutely love this business. You get to help people on a daily basis, and yep. it's never a dull moment. Wow. Never so, a dull moment. So once you got going and you met up with Ken, you got you got started with the company, how how did AAN get it started? Like, what was the, the genesis of how it started? And like, you've seen the growth over the years. Of the business. So that's a really neat story. I know Ken was managing a local IA firm. He was the regional manager here in Knoxville. We're based in Knoxville, Tennessee. Okay. As you know. Yep. And he was approached by another independent adjusting firm to go work for them. He accepted the position and gave his two weeks notice. So he got right up to the end of that notice and they called him and they said, you know what? We're, we're going to go and do cat claims. We're not doing daily claims anymore. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to need to bring you on board. So that left him in a tough spot. So in response to that, what he did is he said, well, can I call on the claims or the clients that you were going to work for here anyway? Mm -hmm. And they said, well, we'll let you know. So two weeks go by, follows back up with him. And he said, have you thought about that yet? And they said, they said, yeah, that's fine. If you want to call on them, good luck. Yep. So that was a national IE firm that he was dealing with. So he started calling on those companies and they said, sure, when we don't have anybody else there to work them. And that company that he started working for directly, we still work with today. They're one of our biggest clients nationwide, mm -hmm. but um, just kind of grew from there. He, he built some relationships with other adjusters in Tennessee, Alabama, and Georgia. The, uh, the really neat thing is I know you remember Katrina when Katrina hit. Yeah, I do. Pretty big event. And um, he had a company in Mississippi that said, can you help us out during this event? 
So he said, sure. Um, so he went down and he found some adjusters to go down there and work that storm. He, uh, he got a couple of weeks into it. His, his goal was to pay his adjusters every two weeks, whether he got paid or not. Wow. That's great. And if you can imagine an event of that size, how quickly your payroll grows. Oh yeah. That would be so, huge. You know, he looked at doing, getting the home equity line of credit. He looked at a lot of different things. Um, he and his wife were really stressing over that, that opportunity. So, uh, fortunately one Thursday night, his wife calls him and says, Hey, we just got a check. He said, well, what do you mean? We got a check. She said, yeah. we got a check. And, um, he said, well, how much is it? And she told him, he said, well, there's a mistake. He said, I'm only working for one client. There's no way that we build that much volume yet. So yeah. she said, well, you can call him tomorrow. So sure enough, he picks up the phone on Friday and said, he said, Hey, I just want to let you know, we got a check in the, in the mail. I think there's probably a mistake. And the guy just started laughing and, um, it was a very large sum of money. Wow. He said, I tell you what, Ken, you've really impressed us with your work ethic. I know that you've got a lot of guys down here. Go ahead and deposit that check. And wow. when you get to the end of the storm, if you've got a balance left, call us and write me a check back. Wow. So that was able to really help bridge that gap during that time, kind of that boost right there. And because I, I know as an entrepreneur, those are stressful times. You got to be able to balance sure. that as things grow quickly. And that's, that's a great story, actually. Wow. So that was a blessing. And that's how our, our company started. So we've been debt free ever since. And it, it just kind of skyrocketed us from there. Wow. So over the these years of growing and going through those cat events like that, how have you seen like, like the, the over the last gosh, it's like, I don't know, decade and a half or more, the industry change? Have you seen things change dramatically? Or how would you say it from your side in property? You know, I don't want to date myself, Ernie, um, but when I got in, you know, when adjusters went out and looked at roof claims, they still yeah. carried their ladder, but they were wearing a suit and tie. If you yeah. can imagine that. You think about oh, yeah. just seeing somebody go up a ladder with a tie on, but I remember that. They would, um, or we, I guess, uh, would go and have to have your pictures developed at Walgreens. and I remember those days. Know, yeah, you had the Sony cameras. Now, when the yeah. Sony camera came out and you had the three and a half inch floppy disk, yep. that was the cat's meow because you would have that on a floppy. We've come a long way since then. I know I can remember the DOS version of Xactimate when it came out. But, um, do you, you know, do you remember any, uh, just you just really think this. I remember when we were starting out, I had clients at first, they said they would work with us, but we would have to send them like, FedEx packages every couple or every twice a week of all the photographs and the files. Did you ever run into clients like that, that wanted like big mailing packets in of all the files? So that, that was part of it. And you know, the goal for cycle times then was 30 days. Okay. Now it's three. <laughs> I know. It's, it's I really know. The up. demands of the customers. It's, it's really, it's everything is about now, 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 and faster. And I think in some aspects, it puts a pressure on the, on the process at the same time, you know, you got to be able to balance the service, the quality and all that, but people want more immediacy. So you're right. I mean, it's what a change it has been over these years. Gosh. Well, and when you think about what that does for the adjuster to try to adapt, the guys that come from that era, they're used to thoroughly working a file, not yep. getting it quick and going. It's, it's really a big change. 
Well, I mean, do you, do you think do you think it affects uh, even unless you have a quality team, you know, manages? Do you think it affects the uh, the experience for the customer at all? This push. Well, you know, I do think it it affects the experience with the customer. You know, I I understand where the insurance companies are coming from. I mean, mm-hmm. even as entrepreneurs, our job is to do it faster, quicker, cheaper, right? I mean, we're always yep. looking at those things. Yep. Insurance companies are no different. They've got you know their shareholders they have to report to. Mm-hmm. So as a vendor, we have to come alongside them and provide solutions that help them get to that bottom line. Now, the to me the the challenge for that homeowner is making sure there's somebody in that link that can sit there and listen and show empathy during at sometimes the worst time in their life. Um, so that is a challenge. It absolutely is a challenge. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I think that's right. Just like what you said, a claim, whether it's homeowners or auto claim, doesn't matter what it is. It's a stressful experience for a policyholder. And and I think, you know, I've always said this, that the biggest problem in this industry that causes issues is those moments of uncertainty when they don't have an outlet, when that policyholder doesn't know what's the next step or who do I call? And I think like our company and your company, we become that bridge sometimes, I think, between maybe the adjuster who may be very busy at the office versus that customer who doesn't know what's happening. I think that's where our respective companies play a very important part in that process. You know, um, you know. let me ask you this. I, I see one thing I've seen a lot of is, and, and this is, I see your industry. I mean, we work with you. I know the property somewhat, but we focus, drill down on, on auto. And I see every year, I see these storm, you know, this time of the year, the hail claims start to come. You start to see the storm season start to build up. I see all these companies always pushing and running about cat this and all these training classes and pushing, you know, a rush toward these types of claims during this time of the year. How do you, how, how does you, and how do you fit in that? And I know you run daily claims as of that and you do some of the cat stuff. Uh, how do you guys see yourselves fit in there and, and being able to get through the big, um, through the noise of all this activity that comes during this time of the year? How does AN handle that cat side versus like the daily claims and all that? That's what I'd love to hear. That's part of the business. Well, you know, Ernie, just being transparent, it's not easy. Mm-hmm. It's just not easy. So we have some guiding principles that we follow when we engage with our clients. Uh, a big one is, is under promising and over delivering. So the conversation starts way before the storm ever arrives. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> our first, our first commitment is to our daily clients, but you know, as well as I do, if you have that relationship, they're going to be affected by a cat event and they're going to be looking to you to step up to the plate. Yep. So, you know, if, an, if, a, if a client is looking for a number or a commitment um, based on other commitments, we will pick, a number of adjusters that we know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we can deliver. Mm-hmm. I mean, it could be 20, it could be 50. The number really doesn't matter, but we need to know that we've got at least three or four times that many that we think we can deliver. So that's one principle that we, we go by when we look at a cat. And then the other thing too, is we don't, we don't overload adjusters beyond what we know that they can handle. Have you so, seen that happen with other companies out there? I mean, I, I mean, does that happen in the industry quite often where people just get slammed with a ton of stuff? It, it does happen. Um, but, you know, when we sit down and talk to the client, we ask them the question, mm-hmm. what metrics are you trying to hit? 
you know, if their goal is to go into a storm and hit a seven day cycle time, Mm -hmm. then that tells us right there how many claims we can give the adjusters that are deployed. You know, I know that other firms will load up an adjuster more than they can handle. And instead of a, all that does is it pushes the cycle time out. So instead of getting seven days, they may be more like 15 to 30. So really you have to, you have to really sit down with each individual client then and kind of strategize with them ahead of time of what their goals are to try to find out what they want to meet then. Is that how you kind of, okay. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. So, uh, you know, let me ask you this. So I know the big thing you see is training and, and education. How do you work with the adjusters at AAN? How do you work with them to, to provide them the knowledge of like hey, what guidelines are updated or things in the industry that are happening or even training? How is that important to you guys? And how do you handle the training aspect of, of this side of the industry? You know, <laughs> I heard somebody say one time is, is what happens if you train your employees and they leave? Oh, I and see then the yep. response was, what happens if you don't and they stay? You know, So sometimes we do feel like we're training the industry because we don't, for the most part, we don't charge for our training when we, when we have, hold adjuster classes. Um, our goal is to build solid relationships. And we wish we had work for every adjuster that applied, but, but you know, it, it just, it's kind of feast or famine sometimes outside of our dailies. So on training, we have two approaches. One is an intense one-on-one environment. When we select an adjuster for a specific location or a specific need, Mm -hmm. we will pair them with either our trainer directly or someone else that is, I mean, they get hip to hip and make sure that they get brought up to the level that they need to be. So that's the first one. But to try to stay engaged with everyone on our roster we hold webinars every Tuesday at two o'clock. Anybody's welcome to attend, but we hit uh, popular topics that you deal with in claims, customer okay. service, and that kind of thing. So it's kind of an open forum. Week. It's kind of yeah. an open forum where they can just ask questions about things. and Exactly. And then we record them. So later on, if you want to go back and see some of the previous webinars, they've got access to do that. That's great. That's really great because I think that can help when you have those different questions that come up. You know, when you're you're in a network that times, I know many times they work for multiple companies. They have to know multiple guidelines. They need to know what's going on. And those informational things I think are really, really valuable. Um, with an adjuster out there or somebody that wants to get in the industry, let's say, I mean, let's say you have experience, you know, in construction or you worked at a carrier and you how, how, what are some tips you would give somebody that wants to, to maybe take that leap and try to go out and start their own, you know, small independent, you know, like they're maybe a, a small team and want to become adjusters in this business. What's, what's some of the advice you'd give them? Well, I think the important thing is recognizing where the industry is now. Mm-hmm. And one of the big changes that's happened, I would say over the last four or five years is ladder assist companies, became a thing to start relying on. And the ladder assist companies, they've got a great concept, but what that did to our profession mm-hmm. is used to, like I said, adjusters climbed roofs. Okay. And so uh, adjusters who have gotten in the last four or five years don't remember that they're used to utilizing a ladder assist company. Okay. Well, okay. When you do that, now the client has a decision to make. Am I going to send a ladder assist company out or am I going to hire an IA that needs a ladder assist? So ladder assist, explain that because I'm a little bit, what, what, what is the company that does that? What's their, their difference? So they, 
theoretically they come out and help the adjuster get on the roof or they okay. will do the roof inspection for you. Okay. But, you know, they're not the adjuster. They just help access the roof. And so you get somebody that comes out, gets a ladder, they go up, they'll do all the photographs, they'll measure everything and then give that to the adjuster. Right. Yeah. Okay. That's, that was the concept. So what that did is it started, um, having adjusters think, well, I don't have to get on a roof anymore because they'll send a ladder assist company out. Yep. So we flipped that upside down and we are still one of those I firms that adjusters get on the roof. Mm -hmm. So I would encourage somebody that's getting into the industry, get rope and harness certified. So you know how to climb a roof safely. Right. Um, you can't rely on the drone technology. It's not, it's not there yet. It's not that it's not a really cool technology, but there's reasons why that's not the perfect solution every time. So we still need people that will access a roof. That's what I was going to ask you. Can I had this, I was going to ask you this question a little bit later on, but I'll just jump into this part about the, this whole, you know, drone inspections of roofs. Um, do you see, what do you see the accuracy of that? I mean, do you see a lot of carriers going to that? And if there is such, is there, I mean, how accurate, I mean, how great can those be? Do you still sometimes need, you said you need people to get up there and really see it in person. What's the, what's the difference in that? And what's your opinion kind of on that, where that's going? You know, the feedback that we've received, because we're ready to go there. If mm -hmm. clients want that type of inspection, we can okay. do it. Um, but there's still, you can buy a roof easily with drone technology. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a fabulous technology. The pictures that it can generate are great. Some of them can give you diagrams of the roof. I mean, okay. the whole bit, you can just hit a button and it goes and does its thing. Yeah. I know that there are some that will even identify hill hits. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day, if it comes down to saying you don't have any hail damage on your roof, that's a tough conversation to have with an insured or their contractor when no one got on the roof and physically touched that. Is that shingle bruised or is it not? Or is it not? Right. You don't know that with a drone. I mean, you're not going to get that necessarily. I mean, how are the photos like really close in or, or are there some stuff that you just really need somebody there looking at it close to make those determinations? A lot of times you need that physical touch and just to verify the damage that it's there. Got it. And, it really, it, and really it helps bolster the confidence of the insured when you're trying to settle that loss. Mm -hmm. You know, he, he or she knows that someone physically inspected their roof. You know, one thing about tech going into the technology side, I've seen those and I haven't played, I've played around with some apps. You know, those apps that they're out there where you can like measure rooms with like 3d modeling, or you can like measure a door frame. I mean, do a lot of adjusters on the property side use those? Is it, are they accurate or is it still you, you need to measure? How accurate is that to be able to do things? You know, it's it's pretty accurate nowadays. Okay. It, it's not necessarily cheap. Okay. So, you know, that was one of the things I was thinking about before our call. When you think about technology, um, it's really a great thing if you mm -hmm. can get educated on how to use it properly. Yep. Uh, but it's also important for the insurance company that it that it's cost effective. I mean, you can keep adding all of these really cool technologies, but it's it's usually on a per claim fee. So you know, if you're used to paying an average of I don't know three fifty four hundred for a, for a claim, well now you're going to add all these other technologies, and you might add another hundred dollars to it. Where so, is so we can substantially increase that cost then? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So. So then if the, the technology, they're looking for some way to get that cost back. Is it in, 
you know, a more accurate estimate? Um, does the adjuster have to do less because we're paying for this technology so we can cut their fee bill? I mean, that's what they're looking at. Let me ask you this question. Are you seeing any trend of any much in the cell? I know on the auto side, there's self-service where there's the photo estimate. You know, the owner can take a few photographs of their car and get a basic estimate. But is that more difficult to try to get an owner to really become measuring rooms and take, or, or is that a trend that you see it all happening then in an auto? I mean, the property side. So on the property side, the difference between property and automobiles, automobiles are pretty much fixed. You don't have to take measurements of a car, mm -hmm. right? So um, we used Claim Experience Sum, which is an exact to make product <clears throat> during COVID especially. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, if, if the insured is techn technologically savvy, it works really well. Right. <clears throat> but if you can imagine having a kid with his cell phone and you say, all right, now show me your, the kitchen. And they start taking it around and they're, I mean, they're scanning it like they're bagging groceries at Kroger's, you know, yeah. Yeah. So it's tough. I mean, it is tough. I mean, there's applications that it works really well. Yeah. But there's some things that just don't take the place of having a physical representative. I, there. I know. I know. And this is getting me to a point where I get excited. I get kind of fired up about this because I mean, I was at uh, as one of the you know home improvement stores over the weekend, and I was getting some stuff. My wife and we're there, and I'm I'm bagging my own stuff, and I'm using that scanner, and I'm scanning my own things, and I see the employees sitting there, and they're just watching, you know, whatever. And I'm saying, wait a minute, I'm actually doing the work. Where's my, you know, of the store? Wait, am I, am I on payroll here? And I'm doing all this stuff, and it's kind of, you know, because some of this time, I mean, it's not hard necessarily to try, but sometimes it can be sort of a, a trouble. And I ask myself, wait a minute, where does service, you know, where's that balance between you're your sacrificing customer service and that to the point of trying to use too much technology? And I think there is is a point. I mean. Yeah, sure. In auto, you can take some photographs, but in a homeowner's claim, I, I mean, I would imagine trying to have somebody try to that just got through a very stressful situation. Then now they're going to try to measure everything out or do this. I think you could be sacrificing customer service versus trying to contain costs. And I think, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, I think there's that fine line. I love technology. I embrace it. But at the point, at the point where's the human factor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing quite like having an experience where you get to sit down with that homeowner and develop a relationship, you know, on site. So they know that their insurance company sent, has sat, sent someone out that really does care about what happened in their situation. And let's face it, every time somebody has a claim, it's, it's usually, Oh, well, our daughter's getting married this weekend and, and it's going to happen in the backyard. Can you make sure that my house looks perfect by the time it happens? And yeah, um, it's tough. Yeah. That personal touch is very important. Well, like I've said, I've said this in an article I wrote, I said, you know, technology is here to enhance the human experience, not replace it. You know, that's like, so it needs to be an assistive tool, not one to try to remove every touch point because some of those are the empathy. Like you spoke about earlier, it's that empathetic approach. Well, I know we're getting we're getting closer to the, the end of the end of the show. And I wanted to kind of hit any any crazy claims you've ever I mean, in the auto side, I got tons of stories we've seen. I always tell people about some fun stuff, any crazy stuff or any any interesting stories on property you've experienced over the years. I imagine as many years you've been in the business, there's probably been some some things you've run into. I have some stories. The really good ones I can't share, but I do. <laughs> we can speak off a lot about those. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. you know, but they there are every story, it seems like has something to learn from it. Mm 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's just a, a few that I think about. One, we had a claim, and this was just about three months ago. And we're looking at the loss notice, and it said flashlight damage. And so the insurer, you know, the adjuster saying, well, this doesn't make sense. I got to call the homeowner, see what's up about this. And he said, uh-huh. he said, so what happened? He said, I see this about a flashlight. He's like, I dropped my flashlight, man. He said, oh, so you've got damage to the floor. <laughs> No, my flashlight's broke. Oh he my said, oh, goodness. It's a nice flashlight. He said, well, how much was your flashlight? He said, well, I paid 30 bucks for this flashlight. I'm like, well, you got a thousand dollar deductible. Oh That's my why God. you need a personal touch because, you know, we took that information, called the insurance company back. So they didn't need to send us out for a few hundred dollars to look at right. the flashlight. Um, so, you know, that, that was one. There's always something out there, isn't there's, there? there is. Yeah, it's, it's. Crazy. It's never a dull moment, Ernie. Never a dull moment. So, so I'd like as we wrap up here, I want to know. So, what do you got in 2021? Here, we got out of this pandemic year, you know, 2020, and what a what a crazy time it's been. Um, and I think, I, you know, in the auto side, we start to see people now getting back on the road and all that. And you know, we are pushing our technology ahead. What do you guys got going on AN that you're that you're pushing in 2021 and beyond? Where's what do you see the future and what you're trying to do at the company? You know, there's a lot of technology out there, but what what we try to do is read where the industry is, first of Mm -hmm. all, and where are the opportunities. Right now, we're seeing, you know, a big push for um, obviously faster, better. And there's a lot of task assignments that insurance companies are wanting to go with, you Mm -hmm. know, something that's really quick, get back the information now. So you're hearing scope onlys and different things like that. So that's an area that we are pressing into. Mm-hmm. So what happens is the, the homeowner files a claim, obviously, and says, you know, I've got, I, I spilt something on the rug and I've got a stain. All right. Well, they need to capture it. They couldn't get good photos for whatever reason. So they'll send us out and say, just get some photos. Well, when you get there, you find out that, you know, they left the sink running and they went on vacation and came back and the whole house is wet. I mean, just things like that happen. So, instead of them having to reassign that loss to another IA firm or somebody that's got a licensed adjuster, if they had given that to us, we've already got a licensed adjuster on it. So that claim gets escalated up to a full assignment and we can run that through the end of the claim mm-hmm. cycle. Wow. And, and that's, um, that's really worked out well for us. You did when you're just talking about somebody leaving and their house is flooded. Yeah. Ever seen those little things that you can buy that you can connect to your phone, but you can put if, if if there's water near a toilet or something overflowing when you're gone, you ever, ever thought about getting that or tested those before? Ever seen those? I've heard of that. I've heard of people in apartments actually getting renter's insurance, but yeah, <laughs> you know, trying to get people to do smart things yeah. is pretty oh, yeah. tough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, that is a cool thing. That's good. Well, as we wrap up here, what's this stuff I saw about NASCAR? I was, I was, you guys are moving fast there, but I saw you guys are sponsoring, you guys sponsor a NASCAR vehicle out there. So, you know, with COVID, our marketing budget was very limited. You couldn't yeah. go out and see people. We're doing these Zoom calls like we're doing today. And, uh, yep. you know, our owner, Ken Gilreath, he's got a real love for cars in general and certainly racing. So mm-hmm. one of the local drivers here in Knoxville, Tommy Joe Martin, he races on the, the uh, Infinity Series circuit mm-hmm. on Saturdays. So he had an opportunity to, to sponsor him and um, – the goal was honestly to be able to take clients to those races. Yeah. COVID shut all that stuff down for a little bit. Yeah. But it's it's just really been a fun time to get to experience that. But that's very cool. You guys are moving fast there at AN. So yeah. it, it matches the marketing there. You got it. Yep. So 
Well, as we wrap up here, Jimmy, uh, uh, for any carriers out there, TPAs, anybody in the industry that is looking for property solutions, how could our listeners get a hold of you? Give them your contact information, how they can get a hold of AAN. So our website is obviously www.aanadjusters.com or our 800 number is 866-833-4036. Awesome. That'll get us. Awesome. Well, it's great having you on, Jimmy, and and hearing the story. And uh, we'll, we'll be in touch again soon. Thank you, Arnie. Look forward to it. All right. Have a good one. All right. You too. This has been Focus on Claims with Ernie Bray, President and CEO of ACD.